Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me today for our episode talking about moving from courage to confidence and starting a leadership position in your life. And my guest here is coming from Australia, Rochelle Marie. She's helped many people um, build uh, their trust in themselves and their no inner knowing that they can step into a bigger challenge in their life and really create an impact and a difference in their work environment. So I love talking about personal development and how people get inspired to do these things and to really grow themselves into becoming a better better person. So without any further ado, I can't wait to ask Rochelle my first question. Mm -hmm. How did you start your personal development journey? Yeah. Oh, welcome. Oh, thank you, Gina. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love talking about this stuff as well. So I'm happy to talk personal development all day long. Um, I think I've had several starts in personal development. So I think even like I joined Jim's TCP and that was kind of like part of a really long journey for me and I and I loved it and it up-leveled me again. And, you know, I sort of talk about with my my community that I've been on a personal development journey for over 20 years um, and yet I keep leveling up there's keep there's like the onion right there's more layers there's more layers there's more layers so I think one of the key starting points for me was um, back quite a while ago now I had a dabble in network marketing and they are huge in that personal development space and so um, that Jim Rowan, Anthony Robbins at the time, all of that sort of got me started on a on a bigger personal development journey than I'd been in. Um, prior to that, I'd done some personal development, funnily enough, through work. Um, my my before children career was in a bank in New Zealand, where I'm originally from. And they, for some reason back then, this was in the early 90s, they were sending everybody on a five-day personal development course. I don't think that's even heard of anymore. Um, but back then, they must have had a bit more money around. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I did a five-day personal development course through work, and that was amazing. Uh, and then leveling up again with Jim Rowan and, and Anthony Robbins and um, Wayne Dyer and all of those, you know, all of those people that were around back then. Uh, and then, yeah, to come and join Jim's TCP um, in the September 2020 round, which is where um, I saw you and your lives, which were fantastic. Uh, and then, yeah, just continuing since then. So it doesn't stop, I don't think. Awesome. So for those of you that are listening and wondering, what is Jim? Who is Jim and what is this TCP? It's a transformation coaching program that Rochelle and I were a part of. I'm still in. And it is mind-blowing. It's transformation on the innermost level of like, wow. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's like it, it gets you to your core, you know, and it's just magical to watch I mean, you're in it and you don't see that you're growing and changing. And then you look back, and you're like, whoa, I was that person. No, it I is. Yeah, it is. It, you, you become unrecognizable, I think, as mm. you keep going down the path. You're like, I, who, what were those thoughts that I was having back then? They don't make any sense now. Who was so, that yeah. person? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> So I love it. I love this topic. So let's talk about women, especially in the in the workforce. And, um, you know, I never worked in a 
corporate office, but I can imagine the the environment of you know men and women, you know, and then having to most of the time work from a man, you know, to to answer to a man in the in that position. Um, even even actually in my uh, office space that you know I was a flight attendant, so. Um, most of our ma managers were actually equal, both men and, and women in that space. So um, tell me more about this. Like, how is it? And how do women feel about leveling up? So it's... A little bit, but I, I heard you. <laughs> um, <Okay>. It's... <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's a weird space, corporate world. Um, I think we become accustomed to living in it. And so, you know, when you're in something, it's like the, the um, elephant that's tied to a stake and then, you know, they um, know that they can walk within a certain area and then after a while you remove the rope and the stake and they stay within that same area. I feel that's a little bit like corporate world. It's like we're so used to this environment and what it tells us about how we should work and who we should turn up to as work and what a leader is that we don't see it anymore in a, in a boundary space. So it takes sort of stepping outside to really be able to see it. Um, but there, yeah, there is a, a male flavor to organizations because traditionally, there were only men, you know, it's only in the last sort of 100 or so years that women have come into organisations and, and you know, even sooner since they started becoming managers and leaders in organisations. So it's very much based on a, a male way of working, um, very task-orientated, goal-orientated, um, hustle-orientated, um, and, you know, that's just being stereotypical. Not all men are like that, but it's it's masculine traits, I guess, that um, permeate our corporate worlds and that goes into leadership where it's it's male traits that permeate what a leader is seen as um, and so you know they're seen as being tough they're seen as being authoritative they're seen as getting things done and you know um, telling you how to do things and uh, it's not how women traditionally work we're far more uh, collaborative we're far more bringing everybody along um, we are far more community focused uh, and so to me it's this it's this sort of pendulum that needs to swing back a bit from the masculine towards the feminine and my utopia organization is one where the masculine and feminine join together and we have you know both like we're going for the goals, definitely. We, we need the outcomes. That's why we're there. But we bring people along with us to achieve them. It's not a one man or one woman show. Um, and so both men and women need to embody sort of both of those traits, if that makes sense. Yes. And as we're talking about this, it makes me kind of feel that, you know, we all have this yin yang, this masculine and feminine energy in us. And yet we are usually pulled in one direction or the other. Like that's why some women are very masculine in their mannerisms as well. Um, so most of the women that you're, you must be helping are the ones that are feeling more, um, you know, kind of not stepping into that energy yet. Like a little more hesitant, maybe more self-doubt, um, insecurity. Is that who you work with? And how do you bridge that? 
Yeah, a lot of them come to me and, um, you know, when I ask them, what is it do you think that's getting in the way of you becoming a leader in your organisation? A lot of the time the answer is a lack of confidence or I'm getting in my own way. Um, and so, like, that's definitely a part of it and the thought that comes with that, I think. It's not just the the being of it, but the thought um, is sort of self-perpetuating in a way. Uh, so... They're not necessarily um, all lacking confidence, but it is a lot of it. Um, but they just, they're stuck. They just, you know, they don't know what it is that they're not doing that is going to get them promoted. So they know that most of the time they know that they're actually good leaders and they know that they care about people and they'll do a far better job in a lot of instances than the manager they have now, which is often a kind of a spur for people to go, I can do this better, why aren't I doing it? Um, so a lot of people are kind of, you know, spurred on by that thought of, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm tired of seeing people treated so poorly and therefore I want to step up and treat people well. Um, and so they know that they can do that and they're just stuck. They're not sure why they're not getting promoted when they know that they can do the job already um, and definitely a, a good lot of that comes back to the confidence and the way they show up in an environment that isn't built for them entirely. So um, I often say they are overworked and, and overlooked at work, which is, it's just how you feel. <laughs> yeah, it's emotionally draining too, to be in that situation. Wow. It is. It Am is, I cutting out? Are we okay? Okay. A little bit. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> My connection yeah. is a little wonky sometimes. Yeah. So, so tell me more about the programs that you, that you help them, you know, what do you work on? How do you instill this um, confidence? Do they have like this whole distinction between courage and confidence? We were talking before, you know, it's just incredible to think of like, do you need to be confident to be courageous or do you need to be courageous to be confident or like, what is that? I think that was such an oh, an eye opener for me when I thought about that. It is. It's a bit of a spiral, right? Mm -hmm. So I think one begets the other, and you and you spiral up, um, and you just keep continuing to do bigger and bigger things. So, and you have to start somewhere, and so it depends where you are right now. But I think you need the slightest bit of confidence in order to work up the courage to do something. Um, but you can you can work up the courage without a lot of confidence, uh, and and I definitely take people through. I've got a, a, a course that I take people through on how to get that courage. To um, to me, the courage gives you the chance to practice what it is you need to practice to become competent at whatever it is, and then that leads to the confidence because you're now good at it. Um, and that's what brings confidence is knowing in, in yourself that you're good at this makes you confident in it. But it's stepping into that courage first um, that sort of starts to spiral off, I think. So, um, yeah, we work through some ways that they can do that. And I think it, it kind of gets called fake it till you make it often is, is you know, part of that. There's, there's a lot more to it. Um, but it is it is a little bit, and yet it's just using your courage to step into something that you don't have the confidence to do. Right. And I know you and I, we've talked about um, this whole concept of creating an alter ego. And 
in my experience in applying for a management position, I saw myself, I didn't see myself as the manager. In my mind, I was just a flight attendant. And that's what held me back from yes. moving, moving in that direction, which I'm happy I didn't go in that direction. Thank you for that. But it was an eye-opening experience for me to even just put myself in the interviewing process to to have those questions, you know, brought to me that, you know, and, and, and just level up at that point in my in my career. So knowing what we, you and I know now about this whole, um, you know, being as far as coaching through um, developing a new identity and yeah. reinventing ourselves and knowing mm -hmm. that who we were is not who we are mm -hmm. and, this concept, I believe, is so powerful to help people really sink into what it is they want and start to move in that direction. So mm -hmm. let's talk more about that. I love this yeah. topic. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and if we take this back to your experience, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say you've you've worked the courage up to apply. That's courage for a lot of people in the first place. A lot of people won't even put themselves out there and put in an application. So that piece is courage. Moving into an interview takes a bit more courage. And like you said, seeing yourself already as that person and already in that role really helps you be able to, to bring the courage and also bring the, the feeling of, of who that person is. And one of the good ways that we've learned on how to do that is what, like you said, the alter ego. Um, and I, yeah, I loved this when I first heard about it. I hadn't heard about it before. And I was like, why have I never done this? I love it. Um, so it is about working out who you want to be and looking at the people around you, um, the mentors, the people that you admire, the people that you respect, the people that you think, yes, I want to do what they're doing, or I want to be something like them, um, and looking at how they come across and what their traits are and working out, okay, what of that person and maybe that person and maybe that person, like I like to take at least three people that I really admire. So one of my, um, one of the people I admire most is Jacinda Ardern as a leader. She's the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Um, she's very feminine and collaborative and empathetic and confident. And, you know, I so I look at those traits and I see how she, um, I see how she carries herself and I see how she voices her opinions. And, you know, I, I'm like, okay, I'll take a little bit of that and a little bit of that. And then I formulate this alter ego out of all of those pieces of, of her and the other people that I admire. And I kind of write a little story about who my alter ego is. Um, you know, what what does she like? How does she show up? What might she wear? Um, you know, as many details as you want to put in there, the more the, more the better, I think, because then it's far easier to become her. Um, and part of it for me was um, naming her. So my alter ego is Raquel. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people wear a talisman as well so that when they need to become their alter ego, um, you know, they might put on their bright red lipstick, they might put on um, <laughs> bright yellow heels. One of the ladies that I um, worked with had bright yellow heels that she wore. Um, mm. Something that you wouldn't ordinarily do as you right now, but who your alter ego, who's sort of the future version of you, 
this is something she'd do. And so you start with that. Um, and then I think it's about feeling her into your body. So how does she feel when she's walking like that? How does she feel when she's expressing her opinions like that? Um, and I sort of sit with that for a while and it changes my physical appearance as well as my thoughts. So if I'm being Raquel, I will sit up straighter. Uh, I, I often um, call on Raquel when I'm doing uh, exercise that is um, a lot more than I normally do. So if I'm walking up a really steep hill as part of my walking regime, or I'm pushing myself to run a little bit further than I normally do, I'll call on Raquel and she's like stronger than I am and um, has longevity in running. So, uh, and it's amazing. It is amazing. And, and I, you know, it, it still astounds me how that actually does change what I feel what I'm possible, like what I can do in those circumstances. So even though in my head I have these thoughts of, you know, I'm I'm exhausted, I have to stop. And and they're like, no, Raquel, move it. And I can. And it's just incredible to me. So if I can do it in a really tangible way like that, mm -hmm. um, I know I can do it in lots of other ways. And you know, when I need that that bit of courage. Raquel's what I bring through to give it to me. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I wrote yeah. five pages on my alter ego. I'm, and I get all excited when I read it. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and do you yeah. feel like you're becoming her now? Do you, Can you see how you've changed from when you first wrote your alter ego to now? Mm -hmm. You feel like you are becoming her. I, I, I genuinely feel that. And it's just amazing. Yeah, for sure. It's it's such an incredible tool for anyone to use if they want to create a better life for themselves. Yeah. 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 So can you tell me a little bit about your a story of um, somebody that you've helped and you saw her before and how she transformed and who she became after working with you? Yeah. So one of my clients um, came to me in a pretty dire situation, uh, she was she returned to the workforce after having a third child. So, um, hadn't been back for all of that long, uh, and was working part time. And she felt completely lost. She was being bullied at work, uh, and then she was being accused of things, doing things that she didn't think she was doing. And honestly, she just was miserable she really um she was really struggling and so we did a lot of work um so part of my methodology it's it's the accelerate your leadership method and we did a, we do a lot of work in that course around inner work so you know getting getting the courage getting the confidence getting this getting the strength um changing our our thoughts and our and the way we see the world and so we went through that process together and I, you know, I spent some sort of extra time with her because she was struggling so much. We really dove into um, how she was seeing the world and how she was allowing it to affect her at the time. Um, and the transformation over the time that we were working through the course was just massive. Uh, and so she ended up, she got the courage and I, and I do think 
there was a lot of courage and and I was so proud of her because she did the work it wasn't just listening to me or you know paying lip service to what we were talking about she actually went out and and did the experiments that are part of the program and did the work and it just changed everything for her and so uh, she ended up getting promoted to a leadership role, which was fantastic, and she mm-hmm. is loving it. Um, I, and, but I think the biggest change for her, so she has, like I said, she's got three young children. She's got mm-hmm. uh, an aunt that's in hospital. She's got a whole lot of things in her life that are coming at her, and they didn't get any better through our time together. And yet at the end of it, she said, I've never felt more zen than I do right now. Um, and that was just so heartwarming for me to hear her not just get promoted as a part-time mum, which is huge, um, because unfortunately there is still maternity bias at, at um, big corporates. They just think that if you're a mum, you're not as focused on your career, which is not mm-hmm. true necessarily it can be but it's not necessarily uh so she got promoted to a leadership role working part-time still having a hectic personal life and yet she never felt more zen and I think that was the best result that I could ask for so totally that peace of mind and just it's kind of like just that feeling of ah yeah yeah it's it's just She's just especially amongst chaos, little kids running around. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Um, and yet she's so inspiring to me that she is just in the middle of it and just being very grounded and very centered now and not letting it buffet her, you know, from pillar to post. So it's amazing. It's amazing. Yes, for sure. So a little bit more about. your technique um, you've created um, how it what did it inspired you to come up with this path for women to follow yeah um so the the origin story so where I started I um had my own frustration in returning to work after having kids I was actually out of the career path for 12 years which is a long time Um, not that I didn't work during that time I I started and stopped several businesses and I did a lot of retail work um, Mm. because I wanted to sort of work around my kids and so I took 12 Mm. years out came back to my you know made the intentional decision I'm going to restart my career um, because I'd had a reasonably successful career before the kids so I thought I'm going to restart my career and um, I'll start at the bottom because I didn't have the confidence um, to start mm-hmm. back where I'd left. And so mm-hmm. I started at the bottom um, and managed to work my way back up to where I had been before children. Um, but it took longer the second time than it did the first. And I was like, this is just crazy. Why is it? You know, it was so frustrating to take so long to get to where I'd already been. Mm-hmm. And so in that journey, I sort of started stepping back a bit and looking around and trying to understand what what was it that was like not allowing me to progress as quickly as I had in the first place. So um, mm-hmm. it, it 
it allowed me, you know, and everything happens for a reason. So it did allow me to see more of what was going on. And it was really quite interesting from that aspect to understand more about how corporations work and um, what really gets people promoted rather than what you're told or what you think gets people promoted, particularly women. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finally got to my leadership role, which was amazing. And I love, I still work my nine to five. I love my job. I'm so lucky and grateful that I have a wonderful team and you know it's a a wonderful job to be doing Um, but in that process of becoming a leader I have a lot of women uh, just reach out to me and one day in particular I had a a lady that I'd done a workshop with and um, I I was leading the workshop she was in it and she rang me afterwards she said do you mind if I give you a call after this I'm like no of course not ring and so she rang me afterwards and she explained to me that that morning on the way to work she'd actually had to pull the car over because she needed to vomit and and she was dreading coming to work and seeing her manager that much that she vomited on the way to work and it literally broke my heart I won't say literally it really broke my heart um I was you know I I was so close to tears when she was telling me the story and I so wanted to help her but that's not my that's not my genius zone I'm not a counsellor you know I can't I couldn't sort of give her any um emotional support from from a professional perspective um and I did make sure that she had the right contacts and that she could get in touch with the right people. Uh, and I gave her some advice just from my experience because I'd certainly experienced some pretty bad managers up until that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just got me thinking what's going on here that so many people are coming to work, dreading it, coming to work for managers that are just making their whole lives feel miserable. It's not it doesn't just affect your work life when you have a bad manager, it affects your whole life. Um, You start to like dread going to work the minute you wake up Sunday morning and you're not even, you know, you had a whole day to enjoy and yet that day is sort of ruined because you're already starting to feel anxious. So, um, and then at the same time, I was working with these women that formed a a coaching circle with women across different um, organisations and these women were amazing. Like they were really leaders, not in management roles, but they were really leaders. They were really, um, you know, innovative and collaborative and working on themselves and continuously learning and bringing others with them and all the things that I think make really good leaders, these women were doing and yet Mm -hmm. they couldn't get promoted. They couldn't get up to this leadership level role Uh, And I just sort of put two and two together, like, this is crazy. We've got really bad managers here. We've got really good women that are ready to, you know, step up and take on these roles and make people's lives better, and yet it's not happening. And so um, because of my experience, because of what I'd seen, because of what I knew by then, Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, someone's got to do something and it's going to be me and I'm going to step into this and... Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, I haven't looked back. I think it's it's needed. We need more um, really competent women in our leadership roles. We need more men to you know take on sort of different um, traits in in some occasions in our roles, and we need managers that make people's lives better. Uh, and so 
because I'm a mum and I'd worked with mums before and in other businesses and I love working with mums to um, bring that courage back and you know they get to pass it on to the next generation which I think is also really important Mm -hmm. Um, I think they make a bigger impact from that perspective Um, that's that's where I started focusing Um, but I do have you know there's women in my group that aren't mums and they're obviously just as important it's just that mums are normally um, the ones that have the confidence loss um, because they've stepped out of the workforce and that that comes with a bit of, yeah, loss of confidence, unfortunately. Right. So I like what you're saying. Can you hear me okay? Okay, good. Um, I just love what you're saying because I'm all about women empowerment and for women to be stepping into their higher self and their best self. And so this, this podcast is about designing our lives and stepping into this um, more happy, fulfilling roles for for us women. And so is there any advice that you would give um, a woman that is considering moving forward in her life, but unsure of how to do that? Uh, apart from the alter ego, which I think is a really good piece of the puzzle, and I highly encourage everybody to do that exercise. Um, I think it, it does start with the inner work and the self-development, um, and then it's about being strategic. So it's definitely about knowing where you want to go. That has to come first. If you don't have the end in mind, then how do you know which path to take? So I think you definitely need to nail down where is it that I want to go? Who is it that I want to be? Um, and then put your strategy in place to get there. Um, so if it's a leadership role for, you know, for an organisation, um, then it is about levelling up you with that with that inner work. Um, but it's also about giving and getting support. So we do a lot of work on connection. And I think that's the case no matter what. If you're, you know, if your end vision is a business that earns a couple of million dollars a year, then build your connections. If your end vision is, a, a, you know, charitable or um, doing stuff for your kids or whatever your end vision is, to me as women, we're so good at that collaboration piece and connection piece. And thankfully, that's what helps us get to where we're wanting to go. So um, I would definitely start building sort of networks and helping others and and allowing yourself to be helped as well. Um, I know that as women, we can often um, become very independent and not accept help from others. So I, I definitely encourage um, all women to, you know, step back and, and recognize that help is actually what what gets us where we need to go. Totally, I love I love that answer. All of it. <laughs> so good. Okay, so let's wind down this podcast with a couple questions that I love to ask. Um, wh- how are you living intentionally? Uh, I think it, it comes back to knowing where I want to go and mm-hmm. focusing on the things that I need to do to get there um, and focusing on the person that I need to be to get there. And that's probably, for me, has been the really important piece. Um, like we said at the beginning, you know, if I look back at who I was a year ago, I barely recognise her. Uh, and I think, you know, continuing to focus on that and focusing on where I'm going allows me to live in intention. So I just, you know, it's it, I, I am a busy woman as I know so many people are I have 
crazily, I have nine kids and a blended family and I have six grandkids and I have a full-time job and I have a business and I have my health and all of that matters. And so I intentionally do the things that matter and, um, you know, that's that's about knowing who you want to be and, and showing up as that person. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You can have all the hats on at the same time and still be happy and yes. grounded and focused on what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And and I still get time to relax and I still go on date nights, which I love. What? Date <laughs> yeah. night? Who <What> yeah. is that? <laughs> but it's, it's intentional. You know, we intentionally take the time and the space to go out just the two of us and um, just reconnect. And so we do that often and it's, I love it. Oh, that's what it is. So intention is living purposefully and spending the uh, focus on what matters most in your life. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I guess that comes back to knowing what matters most in your life. What are your values? What do you, what matters? Mm -hmm. and, and then intentionally, you know, I schedule some of that stuff in so that it doesn't get missed. Um, and I think if I didn't do that, I might miss it, but um, I schedule some of it in and, and then I create habits around it, which is a whole other topic. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rochelle, for sharing your wisdom with us today and just your really, your heart. And a lot of women, you know, we all need to support each other and raise each other up so that yeah. we can have a, a better work life, better relationships and family. So thank you so much for your time. And how can people connect with you and learn more about what you do? Um, so the easiest way is uh, to just jump into my website. So it's herleadershipway.com. Uh, and I'm mostly in my Facebook group. It's free to join, but it's very private. So, um, you know, you're in a safe space and can talk about whatever it is you want to talk about in there. So if you go to the website, you'll see the join now button somewhere on the page and you can come and join us in there. I'd love to see you. Awesome. Um, okay, everybody, thanks for tuning in. And remember, have a great day, <laughs> weekend. It's a long weekend for us here in the states and yes. um i appreciate you watching and commenting leave any questions or in the comments and we'll be back to get them later awesome thanks thanks Gina. everybody aloha Bye.